check, check. Okay. That was in the title. Anyway. Oh. Yeah. So he's best known for having this thing called Boomer and Carton in the morning. It was from what, six to nine on the fan? Yeah. Ten years? Yeah, twenty seven oh seven to twenty seventeen. What a run. <laughs> he had it with a failed uh, New York Jets quarterback Craig Carter Boomer Esiason is that correct? Yeah Boomer Yeah he's a real sweetheart But he never got a ring or anything No he's he's one of the many failed Jets quarterbacks I think Long line There's another more successful Boomer Really? A New York one? I Yeah that's part because remember they're like Oh, you're gonna host with uh, New York Jet, uh, New York quarterback, and his name is Boomer. No, they didn't say they... that his name was Boomer. They just said he was blonde. <laughs> he was blonde. Okay. They didn't say his name was Boomer. That would have been crazy. Um, I think there are two Boomers though. I used to walk a dog 
a Pomeranian with a rare skin condition so that it was bald over like 80% of its body. It was in the Trump, uh, there's Trump buildings on the west side in like the 60s along the river. Very ugly and like they never landscaped around it really so it's just Have you ever been in those? Well yes, I'm saying I used to walk dogs in them. Wow. And the one dog that I walked every day, an hour walk for years, was named Boomer. Aw. And she told me that it was named after a football player, but at the time I didn't really make the connection. Okay, Boomer. Oh, wow, I didn't even think about that. Huh. Yeah, I wonder if he's upset about that. I mean, I feel like a guy like him, he's probably just able to, like, realize that, you know, in the scheme of things, he's doing okay. (laughs) I bet he doesn't let stuff like that get under his skin. What about Craig? Was Craig worried about uh, coronavirus? Yeah, it seemed like at the very end, he was like, you know what? My first day out of jail was the happiest day of my life. I just got to walk around the city I love. And all was right with the world. But then it, like, shows him walking around, like, Times Square in a mask, and there's, like, two other people in the street, and they got masks on, too. It's like, I don't know. It still seems not that good. Um, so what? He's kind of a nice guy. He loves the the troops. Loves firemen, cops, first responders. Um, he's not afraid to like do stuff in his underpants or whatever. Like he walked over the Brooklyn Bridge in his underpants with a sausage stuffed in his pants or something like that. Is that correct? Twice. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened with this guy? Spoiler alert. Um, summer camp for me was a wonderful experience. I made some lasting friendships and I learned stuff about myself and, uh, yeah, I just got to like feel a sense of independence a little bit like that, and uh, yeah, it was just it really prepared me for the kind of lifestyle that I would seek um, later in life. Um, and so yeah, summer camp for me was the best. Miles, did you ever go to summer camp? Uh, yeah, I reluctantly went, and then um, I ended up really enjoying it. Yeah, you liked it, even though your mom's cooking, you couldn't have anymore. Yeah. I, yeah, I didn't like that they, they were pretty strict in the cafeteria. They were like, you have to have this much vegetables. Ooh, and that, like, scared the crap out of me. Not enough, like pasta. <laughs> not enough pasta? Not enough pasta, But anyway, this Craig Carton guy, his summer camp was not as good. What was it? Was it, was it a Catholic summer camp, or was this guy just also a pedophile? I don't... Like, uh, was it... He was just an unrelated pedophile. But yeah, he got pedophiled at the summer camp. Yeah, it seemed like it was a good summer camp. Yeah. Like, there are pictures of him, like, with boats and stuff. and. Yeah. So like it seemed like it was just a normal, of, like, fun summer camp on a lake. But he got yeah. targeted, and uh, it turned him into a compulsive gambler. Right. Because he lied to himself about... The um. The incident ever taking place or something. He also blamed himself to, though. So did he both deny it, but also like when he acknowledged it, thought that it was his fault. Yeah. Yeah, it seemed like he that was really tough for him. I mean, it would be tough for anybody, but it really seemed like it affected him quite a bit. 
Yeah. He talked about how the first time that it really, uh, the Sandusky stuff, or no, was it the Catholic Church stuff that he first thought he should have talked about it publicly, or? No, it was Sandusky, because he, um, he was getting upset at Paterno. Yeah. For letting Sandusky do what he did when he knew about it. Yeah, he would, like, take calls on the radio where people would be like, you know what, what Sandusky did is bad, but Joe Pa, what he did for that college, like, you can't take it away from Joe Pa. And Carton would be like, are you are you kidding me? He knew what that guy did and he didn't say anything? He doesn't, he's, God, he's out of here and everything yeah, like that. he's the head coach, he's responsible for everyone in that building. Yeah, and everybody was like, hey, Carton, I know you don't like the pedophilia book, Joe Pa, come on. We got to draw a line in the sand here. And Carton was like, no, man. No Joe Pa. Um, I've got, like, a lot of Penn State in my family, so I understood. I've seen that kind of arguments. It's really, really, people are... (laughs) It's like, you don't see that... that? Yeah, you don't even see that as much for, like, Cosby or... I mean, I guess people do it for uh, Woody Allen more. But yeah, Cosby, R. Kelly, I haven't seen. Maybe in different communities, people defend them, too. But I've definitely um, seen people that are like, Joe Pa, he's okay. Yeah, don't you have some other connections to the the story? Like the jail he was at? Um, oh, yeah, well, just, I used pal? to have a pen pal until I, like, I don't know, got bored of it. And he was in the yeah. same prison that uh, Carton was in. So I wonder if they ever knew each other. Huh. Uh, Franklin, is that what it was called? I don't know, it was in Pennsylvania. Um, so yeah, I was kind of surprised that he got sent away to like a place where people accused of murder go for embezzling. So what happened was... It's a lot of money. Yeah, so what happened was he always liked to do gambling, sports gambling, and blackjack, like, from being a child on. Like, he told a story of, uh, when he was a kid, like, some friend's dad came over and was like, hey, your son has my bike, and his dad was like, what's, why does he have your bike? And he was like, my son lost it to him in a blackjack game or whatever. So that was, like, <laughs> when he was 10 or something, so he's always been doing that. And then that I guess... They would, him and Boomer would like go down to Atlantic City on Fridays or something for the show and they would record it down there. And like one time he was like, hey Boomer, I bet if you give me 10 grand I can go double it for you in blackjack or something like that. And so then it worked and they were able to do that. And so from then on he got more addicted to gambling. Uh, Right. Oh. An important thing, though, was... I don't know what he was doing. I know he was on Philly radio for a while. I think he was on Jersey 101.5. He had a show called The Jersey Guys or something. But yeah. it was when uh, when the nappy-headed hose thing came out. Who was that? Uh, Don Imus. Yeah, when Don Imus called radio the Rutgers Legend. girls basketball players nappy-headed hose. You know, that wasn't that good for the culture. But for Boomer and Carton individually, it was pretty good because then I guess his show was on the fan. I don't. <coughs> it made I it seem so. like the Boomer and Carton show was a direct replacement for that. 
or else I don't understand why that moment was important. It was. But it, I think there was an interim period. Um, what do you mean? Yeah, I don't know about exactly how the transition took place. But, they, I mean, in the in the documentary, they're like... They say Carton's success is directly related to that opportunity coming at that specific time. I still think that they just directly replaced Imus' show on the fan, but I could be wrong. Yeah. I mean, maybe the fan just played Imus' show because it was syndicated around the country. I don't know. There's no way of knowing at this point. Wait, say that. <laughs> what are you confused about again? It's uh, it's okay. It doesn't matter. Um, I'm not confused. So anyway, I miss said the nappy-headed host. He got kicked off the radio, and then so the fan needed a new show. They got Boomer and Carton to come on and do the morning show. Everybody loved it, um, but. Uh, Carton got more and more into the doing the gambling. What happened was, for some reason, I guess maybe after the boomer bet happened, other people would be like, hey, Carton, I'll give you some money if you d- double it and give me 25% or something. So he would, like, borrow money from other people to gamble. And, like, he was borrowing a lot of money. Sometimes he would lose the money and then... He would have to borrow money from other people to gamble to try to get that person their money back and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. What wasn't mentioned in the show, but I've heard on another podcast was... So in the movie, they talked about how he got together with this scummy guy to, like, start a ticket resale company, which, like, seems like just about the grossest business you can get in. (laughs) Just, like, pure middlemen don't offer any service. Like, yeah. That's in the um, movie. That's in the movie, but I heard somewhere else that specifically the tickets that they got in trouble for was Hamilton. Oh, wow. Like, he was supposed to buy more Hamilton tickets than he did. Wow. And he only, or like, he bought the Hamilton tickets, but he, like, kept the money for two weeks to gamble it and stuff, and then he bought the Hamilton tickets. Yeah, the movie didn't play up the Hamilton. I feel like Disney... Disney probably found out about that and was like, you got to take this part out. We don't want Hamilton affiliated with this in any way. Yeah. So what ended up happening is he left his house at six in the morning to go to work and a lady FBI agent was out there and she asked if he was him and then she arrested him. And then while he was sitting outside, they were like, oh, we'll go get your wife so you can talk to her, which is pretty nice. Um, he was like, hey, I just want you FBI agents to know that, you know, this is rough, but I really respect what you do and everything like that. So <laughs> I got nothing but love for the boys in blue and, and the ladies, you know, I want to kiss all the guys. I want to kiss all the beautiful ladies, you know, I want to kiss you all. But they um, love him, too, because they're like they love sports radio. Wasn't that yeah. part of it? <laughs> I think I mean, it must have. It seems like a two way street to me. Yeah. yeah. So it was just a big formality. Yeah. You just had to go that. through with the motions. So then, going forward, he denies, denies, denies. Like, they show some press conferences where he talks about how he's going to be cleared. But that doesn't end up happening. What does he get? Like, two years or something? 
I think it was 30-something months. Yeah, I guess so, because he got yeah. arrested in 2017, and he only just got out during corona. So, yeah, that's a pretty long time. Yeah. Um, he comes out, and he's like, uh, you know, I know I won't get another chance. This is my only chance. If I, you know, if I do something now, I'm going to lose my kids. I'm going to lose, my, you know, everybody that still believes in me. So, I don't get another chance. How does he know that? I bet he could, maybe. <laughs> He's still relatively young. Yeah, I mean, if he just goes down to Atlantic City with, like, five grand and blows it and then, like, gets drunk, I don't think he's going to lose everything. You know, if he borrows another 30 million, maybe, but I think yeah. he kind of has another chance. Yeah, but you don't just do that once. I think the... I don't know. Sometimes you just, you know, have one last hurrah. I think it's normal. <laughs> I think he should. Yeah. Just get it out of his system. I think that's the only way to really do stuff like that. But he he got to a point where he, it was like the the high stakes that were really, the you know, that was the only thing that satisfied him. It was the high stakes, and also he talked about you know because he's all bummed out um, from the molesting thing, that he would he really appreciated playing by himself at like a table in a back room where it was just him and the dealer. For some reason, like that was the kind of uh, solitude that really did it for him that's beautiful remember when he said he he couldn't stand watching the dealer shuffle the cards like five minutes of the dealer shuffling was too much for him yeah i don't know if i texted you about that seems like a really long time yeah it probably wasn't even five minutes i mean at least in poker (coughs) the casinos they've, they've got a little shelf that rises up out of the table that they put the decks in and so it shuffles for you and it doesn't take five minutes but maybe Hmm. it's different so i know i texted you some notes that i had maybe i'll go back and see if i have any of this yeah i was going um all right so one thing boomer says early in the movie is I've never met anyone like him before. He's like a cross between a Martian and Don Rickles. This is funny. And like, Car- like Carton is a mildly entertain like he would be like the weird guy at like a lumber yard. Like in the sales department of the lumber yard when you would order them. Like he would be the guy that would have something a little bit funny to say. Yeah. But like still be racist. Yeah, yeah. Spending more than, like, the time it takes for a transaction with him would be cumbersome. Like, yesterday I called and I was like, hey, I'm, I want to check on if you have something or if I need to special order it. What I need is some 2x4 metal studs, but I need them 16 feet and I need them 20 gauge. And I just wonder if, if you can do that for me overnight or if I need to special order it. And he said, oh, we've got those all day. All day. <laughs> Like, that's That's the level of entertainment that Carton really brought. So I just thought it was interesting that, like, that was so singular for Boomer. I think it just kind of speaks to the level of uh, of, of the interesting type of person you meet when you're a professional athlete and then you move into uh, sports media. It, It doesn't really... I mean, I guess he's met Stephen A. Smith. I feel like Stephen A. Smith brings much more to the table than Carton could have. Yeah. But there's not a lot of people like that. 
Uh, Chris Christie is probably like the number one talking head in the movie. Um, he was just a big fan of Carton's work, specifically when he was on that New Jersey 101.5 show, it sounded like. Yeah. And I guess they became friends after that. Yeah, they listed Carton as like the ninth most influential political person in New Jersey at some point. That was in the movie? I didn't notice that. No, I think it's on his Wikipedia page. Wow. At one time, he was that high in, in Jersey politics. I, I guess I didn't really think about how the movie kind of uh, doesn't really go into partisan politics. Well, I mean, I guess it does in that he's a big troop guy. But, like, the narrative of Chris Christie being, like, kind of a big part of the Trump thing, or at least, like, as big of a part as most figures. Yeah. And then, like, him being a big carton guy. Like, the specter of Trump isn't really present, but I guess it's kind of felt. Um, Yeah, I wonder what, if Carton's undecided or not. Uh... When Carton went to prison, he wrote in his journal that every meal seems to be served with rice and beans. Which, like, if every meal is rice and beans, then, like, all right, that would get boring. But every meal is served with it, so what? Like, you're getting pork chops with rice and beans? You're getting yeah, chicken steak. with rice and beans? Like, you're getting spaghetti with rice and... Like, I, I don't know. I mean, you're, so you're getting a, that's possibly a different meal, and then also rice and beans? I don't know. Uh, they talked about what was how his. What was his his uh, ramen dish that he made in his room? It was called. He like named it after himself. I do. Yeah, he had some kind of, some kind of crushed up ramen ramens dish. and yeah, all the flavor packets he had. Yeah, I think he would crush up ramens, and then like put it into a dirty Fritos bag so it would get the Fritos seasoning on it or Doritos right, or right, some right, shit right. like that. Oh, speaking of which. Last night, all right, so I got a, some extra firm tofu, you know, Miles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so you cut that into like three layers, you know, and then you dice it again into little cubes. So I got these like one inch by inch and a half uh, rectangular prisms of tofu. And then in a bowl, I put some coconut oil. I'm left to mm-hmm. microwave it so it becomes a liquid because, you know, it kind of solidifies. Mm-hmm. You so have a yeah, microwave? Co- coconut oil. Yeah, it's above the stove. It's like built into the apartment. Uh-huh. Coconut oil and just some soy sauce and some nutritional yeast. You ever use that stuff? Uh, it's been a while. So the nutritional yeast, it kind of like breads it a little bit. It's like almost like you're mm-hmm. using breadcrumbs here, but it also gives it this yummy little flavor. And so mm-hmm. then I bake that for 40 minutes in the oven. Um at 400 or an hour 45 something like that and then i just uh i saute an onion broccoli and then i put the tofu in there get some rice going it's very good wow so firm tofu you don't have to press it extra firm what do you mean to get the water out yeah why do they why are they pressing the tofu because if it's too wet then uh i don't know it probably won't absorb the uh seasoning you know kind of like you know if there's already a lot of water in there then there's probably no room for the soy sauce to go you know what i'm saying uh 
I think that's yeah, what it is. It's for the marinade f- to work better. Yeah, I'm following this like vegan bro guy on Twitter, and he was pressing his tofu with a butt with a case of Bud Light seltzer, and like posted that as a picture. Yeah, I use like a cloth napkin or paper towel. Yeah. Or like a paper napkin sometimes, because if they give them to you when you get takeout, I'm like, what am I gonna do with this paper napkin? But then if you save it, you can press the tofu with it later. And if you run out of toilet paper, you have those emergency you ever drive down like let's say you're driving to the meadowlands and you're on the turnpike or something like that and you see these billboards that are like yeah but you have to stop at the um never mind i forgot the name of it the rest area okay but so what you do is you see these billboards and they're like eatcleanbro.com yes they're all over down there i think i've seen that eatcleanbro.com and then you go on and it's like you know, some Blue Lives Matter company that'll, like, mail you freeze-dried fruit or something like that. Huh. Yeah, but I just thought when you were on the vegan bro guy, it made me think of the eat clean bro stuff. Yeah, there's another one called, like, uh, Joe Carbstrong. Wow. Sounds good. So they talked about some of the, like, funny uh, bits that Carton would have um, on the radio. You know, mm-hmm. kind of uh, post-Howard Stern. I mean, I guess he was trying to do shock jock stuff, but it couldn't really be that shocking. I mean, yeah. I guess it could. He's just, like, not smart. So, like, he did one where it was, like, a call-in where people would call in and he would say, we're doing a search for Bush. Do you have Bush? And I think maybe it was about that Bush beer company or something like that. So, like, he would have jokes that were, like, puns about pubic hair. I forget yeah, who said this, but somebody said, when you come up with your tail between your legs and your balls basically in your mouth. That was like a talking head talking about Carton's rise in the radio. Um, yeah. I, I, I feel like a, a certain amount of his success has to do with, like, him not really being conscious of being like an actual like sports talk person and that's how the business is what has changed a lot like they went from guys who were actually serious and only cared about sports to having people talk about like pop culture and stuff and also just themselves right which like howard probably really got going where just your life is part of it and so carton just kind of like being a wacky guy and like Talking about where he liked to get sandwiches or... And he also... he There are moments when he sounds just like Chris Russo. Mad Dog Russo. Just oh, the really? same, like... The same, like, raspy voice yelling. I've still got... Yeah, there's a Mad Dog and Mike... talking... Uh, documentary on there, isn't there? Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. All right, I've got to watch that next and we can spin about it. I haven't seen yeah. it yet. Um... So something I found interesting was, have you ever seen this Brooklyn Diner they have? I'm sure I have. Yeah, so there's one on 57th and, like, 6th. Mm-hmm. And then I guess there's one in Times Square. And it, like, has neon signs that are, like, French fries, hot soup, and stuff like that. And it just, like, looks like... It looks like how they made the Kellogg's Diner look kind of more old-timey or something like that. But, yeah. like, it's right in the middle of, like, all this dumb shit. Like, Is there a building, up like, above it? Or is it just kind of like 
the only one story. I feel like thing. it's a free. Yeah, it's an only one story thing like that. But anyway, they talk about how when they offer them the job, Boomer and Carton go and meet at one of those places, and that just seemed fitting that they like wouldn't go to a real place. They would go to like a <laughs> corporate idea of what something in New York would be like. Um, at one point, Carton on the radio says, I have a cologne deal. They're going to let me make my own cologne. And Boomer says to him, what's the name of it going to be called? Fart? <laughs> yeah, Boomer is, like, really... There's not a lot there. <laughs> you have any, like, uncles that are like that? Like, the, an uncle has daughters, and when the daughter's friends come over, the uncle like, walk into the living room and fart, and, like, that'll be the joke. <laughs> My uncle is like that, my Uncle Ted. Yeah. I have an uncle that's... Yeah, he's flatulent. Openly. Like, he was the high school football coach and stuff like that. Wow. Yeah, you know my aunt and uncle are married to each other? They were both uh, phys ed teachers. Wow. Yeah. Cool. In, in an area where you grew up? No, in... Uh, hmm. Pretty rural Pennsylvania. Mm. Really out there. So um, when, they, when they visited, were you, um, when you saw them, were they like, are you ready for the mile? Or what was that like test we all had to take? Yeah, like the presidential challenge or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, yeah what was it? The flaccid arm strength or whatever when you put your arm... Like you had to do pull-ups, but then you also had to do... Like the limp arm str- Didn't you do some arm thing? Yeah, I, don't know, I could never do a pull-up. You had the thing with like the milk crate with the meter stick on it, and you would have to like bend your back towards it with your hands? Think yeah, it was you just that? like a flexibility test, no? Yeah, and then there was the mile rope hang or some shit like that. Some of that stuff was dangerous. So there were some interviews with Boomer where Boomer was like, uh, you know, the thing with Craig was, I would always tell him, keep it real. Just keep it real. There won't be any problems, but you just got to remember to keep it real. Um, oh, no, I think the first time that he really wanted to talk about it, or maybe the second time, but was when he, when he wrote his book. Carton wrote a book called Loudmouth about his career and his life. Yeah. And he wrote a whole chapter about the molesting. And his publisher said, you know what? Uh, you make a lot of jokes earlier in the book, and it's pretty funny. I think people are going to have a good time reading that stuff. You know, you kind of crack wise. And maybe we just keep it going like that, you know? I'm not sure that you need to really kind of open up. I don't know that that's what people are looking for. A lot of our audience, like, is racist and probably just doesn't want to address this type of stuff. Like, they kind of like to think it doesn't exist, so... Maybe just keep it there. Keep it there. Yeah. So what was that? Simon and Schuster, I think. Simon so and Schuster. Maybe, maybe I don't know about them. Smart. Oh yeah, I respect you, and I respect what you do. That's what he said to the FBI people as they arrested him. Um, he was born in January thirty-first, same birthday as uh, John O'Hara. Mm-hmm. Different year. So what year uh, was John O'Hara's birthday? Uh, 1905 to 1970. He lived to be 65. So let's hope Carton gets to get at least there, maybe a little longer. Yeah. 
It was um, it was pretty good. I I started watching it and then I was like, ah, oh, his voice is so annoying, and it's like written like he was in jail, like mm-hmm. writing letters, and I wasn't into it. Um, yeah, but there were, yeah, there were a lot of funny little lines in there, as most of them you talked about. Yeah, it was pretty good. What was that? So, who made that? Do you think like? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why HBO makes these like awful. That was HBO movies. made that. <laughs> They're making one about Lin Manuel's dad. Jesus, it really Christ. pissed me off. I mean, I feel like he funded that with like the last of his money left to try to get like a PR push for him to like for people. Like that was an ad for his Patreon or something like that. I feel like yeah. basically.
school days said they had a plan to get rich real quick make a count of men if you don't have coffee Did it without qualms Dreamt about the life he'd buy The comfort that would come without Cold feet Cold, 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 cold feet He decided to drive a car He decided to carry the gun To take the biggest risk of all To prove his loyalty to his friends He decided to tell his wife Things would soon turn around Said the little boy is dead A man stands with you now Without cold feet Cold, 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 cold feet Without cold feet Cold, 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 cold feet He thought he'd set his clock right He thought he'd read his watch He left such a hurry he didn't think to wish for love makes no difference if you're early no difference if you're late when you're out of time the flowers have been laid you're six feet underground with cold feet so cold, you got anything cold, about that cold, uh, trump thing cold, the other night i think i put it on youtube but i don't know I, so what what Savannah Guthrie kind of hardballs him a little bit, or she give him what for? What what happened? Yeah. It seems like yeah, she asks him a question, and then he does his usual thing, and then she'd be like, but 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 but. Um. They're trying to like catch him in his. I don't know. Yeah, I was listening to Rush Limbaugh the other day, and uh, as I do, and Rush was like. You know, this Savannah Guthrie, so she says to the president, uh, what's the deal with this 400 million you're in debt for? You know, you're in debt for 400 million and you won't tell anybody what the deal is with that. And so what, you know, what is the deal? And so the president, Savannah Guthrie, you know, she's one of these uh, info babes in New York on the news and whatnot. So, you know, maybe she takes home four or five million dollars a year. To her, you know, I can understand. Four hundred million dollars in debt, that seems irresponsible. That seems like a lot of money. But Wait, for someone is, Are you doing Rush's voice? Yeah, I'm Rush. Okay. Sorry. It's hard for me to really sound like him because I don't I don't smoke. No, you're doing pretty good. And, you're doing yeah. good. So he says he says But for someone like Trump, who owns billions and billions and billions of dollars, four hundred million He's actually not over leveraged. What he is, he's, he's under leveraged. The amount of assets he has, his debt should actually be higher. And the yeah. debt, the debt is mortgages on buildings that he owns. Um, you know, and Savannah Guthrie, maybe she has a mortgage on her house or her condo, whatever it is. You know? So, yeah. and I don't expect people to under, because this is high finance, and not a lot of people really understand the type of money. Where a guy like Trump, where you have billions and billions and billions. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's just funny cool. how they've got, like, the audience for that to just uh, really identify with a guy that has billions and billions and billions. 
It was a weird because he had a lot of like supporters in the audience, and the the Biden one was like really quiet and boring. I didn't watch the Biden one as much, but they the um you wait so you watched it. I put it on, but I was doing other stuff. Yeah, it was. It seemed like it was at the Jefferson Monument, which is seemed weird, or maybe it was near the Jefferson Monument Monument in D.C. Because they had that bridge that goes over the tidal basin there. Oh, I didn't. I thought they were both in other places. Where that was could Biden's? Be totally Biden? Wrong. Biden was in Ohio, I think. Yeah. Um. He was sitting on the stool really weird, and I thought, like, if I had to sit like that for an hour, my leg would be have fallen asleep. Yeah, I saw one of the Chapo guys. I think tweeted that uh, giving him that kind of stool stool was like anti-bisexual harassment or something like that. It's very funny. Because he wants to kiss all the men and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. They they try to get him on stuff, and it's just so bad. Like, isn't Obama a homosexual because, like, Michelle has, like, arms that look like she's strong or something like that? Like, isn't that enough for them to think that Obama's gay, but, like, Trump says he wants to kiss all the men and that's normal? It's just so funny. Yeah. Republicans are cool. No, it's not gay to act like you're gay or bisexual. Huh. They've just really grown a lot recently. I think that's... (laughs) Neat. I wish the Democrats would grow in a similar way. I feel like the Republican Party is really open to evolution. Um, the, Dem- the Democrats need someone like Trump. They're Trump. They're Trump. Uh, I mean, I guess Obama was kind of like that. Yeah. Where he was like, we're going to change everything, but then he didn't. And then Trump kind of was like, we're going to change everything, but then I guess he changed it more. I don't know. I really felt like Trump was definitely going to win, but now they kind of brainwash you with, like, the polls. Another thing that Rush was saying was, like, you know, they got 12 million in the rough numbers for the uh, Biden thing, 10 million for the uh, Trump thing, but... Seems like it was mostly the Trump people watched the Biden thing, and the Biden people watched the Trump thing. So really, the numbers are reversed. (laughs) They're obsessed with ratings. Like, even these fucking yokels that call in, like, they don't care about policy. They're like, the ratings, they talk about the ratings. It's so funny. I never believe ratings. How do they How do they fucking work? Is it really they just, like, call 500 people and they base it off of that? Like, are TVs supposed to tell them? I mean, I guess if you watch it on msnbc.com, then, then they can do it, but... Yeah. Yeah, I was... Uh, there's a... Like, Nielsen's did, like, they send a box to your house, or, like, you become someone that they rely on for... Yeah, there's some Nielsen families, but, like, there's not that many. Yeah. When I was a kid for a while, one year, my parent, my mom got, we were Arbitron. They, like, sent us the radio one. And so my mom would, like, write down how often she listened to different radio stations. And I think, like, she got a check for 12 bucks after the year or something like that. Oh, cool. But she did it because she felt like she was, like, helping, you know, so that they could know better what the ratings were like. She likes to do, like, volunteer stuff that doesn't actually help anyone that needs it. 
like she for a while did like English tutoring for free. Like she signed up for this program thinking that it would be like for recent immigrants, like low income people, whatever, undocumented. But what yeah. she got hooked up with was this woman who I think had been born in China, but she'd like been here for a long time. She like had some kids in private school. Her husband, like I think she was separated, but her husband still like owned a successful restaurant and like was supporting her. So like she was much better off financially than my mom was, but my mom would like go there and tutor her in English for no benefit. Um, so kind of similar to the radio thing. Just, you know, just kind of directionless generosity for no reason. Yeah. Uh, My, uh, Lele had a, Lele's family, they had, um, this German exchange person come live with them. I don't know if if they do that, like, as a volunteer thing, but, you know, this girl lived with them for a few years or a year, and she seemed to not enjoy the experience. She was, like, a rich girl from Germany. Yeah. And my cousins were both, like, apathetic 90s teenagers, and this girl was, like, even more, like, so materialistic, bored all the time, like, did nothing in the house. She was probably mad she couldn't go to Bergheim, that, like, dancing place they have in Berlin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, probably the nightlife here well, wasn't she, up to... They sent her to Albany, so... Or whatever. That's where Lele grew up, Albany? Yeah, they're well north of Albany. Their nightlife was Saratoga, but it was a little too far to go to regularly. I mean, if she came for the season in Saratoga, then I don't know that you can really argue with that. I mean, do yeah. they have any kind of racing in Germany that really holds up to that anymore, at least? I mean, that's world-class racing. <laughs> you don't think so? And especially, no, you know, especially if you, even if you kind of lose a little bit of money on the track, the great thing about Saratoga is you can go over to that fountain and just drink that mineral water, and it's like you're drinking history. Have you ever had the fountain over there? I didn't know that that was the fountain. Oh, yeah, there's there. like a really old water fountain, and it's just great. Do you think, like, Saudi princes go and hang out in um, Saratoga? I don't know, because there's really good racing in Dubai now, too. So uh, probably before Dubai blew up, it was probably bigger for the Saudi, Saudi royal family, I could say. Yeah, they would always go to this mall called the Crossgates Mall. And I never got to really go in it. Oh, that's a shame. Uh, yeah. That's that's tough. I'm pouring myself a cold brew. A uh, cold one? Yeah. Well, you got two hearted ale? No, it's cold brew. Like coffee? A Brooklyn Roasting Company? <laughs> yeah. It's from this place on 170-something street called Famous Coffee. And they sell, you go in there and they sell you half gallons of cold brew so you can take it home and put it in your fridge. In like a growler? Uh, it's just in like that milk, that plastic like milk style half gallon. Oh, uh, like that apple cider comes in? The jug handle? Yeah. You have any dreams last night, buddy? Um... Yeah, but I don't remember them. I remember pieces of them. All right, so I'm at a fucking art, art museum in Boston, okay? So okay. it's not even in New York. I'm, like, in Boston for some <laughs> reason. 
and I'm walking through this place. It's almost like it's an art gallery, like you don't have to pay. It's like a really high budget art gallery, it seems like. Like the closest nice. thing I can compare it to is Gavin Brown's old space in Harlem. And so, but there's even like a cafeteria in it. Um, and so I go into this cafeteria and there's a candy machine, you know, that has different candy bars and stuff. But usually, what, there's like 10 rows and five columns or something. Usually there's a lot of different things in there, isn't there? Um. You know there is. There's like a row of chips, a row of candy bars, a row of gum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one there's has this... the top two. There's only two candy bars. There's like yeah. Butterfinger and then there's Babe Ruth. Okay. So I'm like, that's interesting. So I press the button for Butterfinger just because like sometimes then it'll pop up what the price is. Have you ever noticed that? Uh-huh. So I press it and instead of the price, it just pops down. Ooh. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And then I look closely at it, and it's like, oh, you still got a dollar left in credit. So I'm like, all right, another Butterfinger, why not? <laughs> so two Butterfingers pop out. I take them out of there. I'm walking away, um, you know, to get out of here while I can. And uh, a guy about my age, black guy, is walking towards the thing. And I'm like, hey, you want a candy bar? I, you can have this one if you want. He's like, yeah, thanks a lot. But I actually, nice of you. those are both, you know, mine. I just put in... I put in both of the money and then I had to do something. So <laughs> I was like, oh, you want both of them? Wow, He's like, I mean, I don't, I don't need to, you know, I said the thing with COVID, I think he wasn't too happy about, you know, getting my dirty paws all over everything. So oh my God. I think I woke up right then. I was like, oh, this is, let me try to get out of this situation. You ever do that in a dream when like it's getting a little hairy and you're like, oh, let me take a powder on this one. You just wake up. I wish I could do that in real life and just start sleeping, you know, if somebody's mad at me or whatever, but <laughs> it doesn't work that way. It's kind of a one-way street. Um, and then another part of the dream was I was at some different record stores and two different situations arose in which I bought a cassette that it must have been like the case was a little bigger than usual because when you opened the ca cassette case, there was the tape but then also there was like, I don't know, a gram and a half of magic mushrooms that came with it. Wow. Is that cool or what? Yeah, one so of them take was take these a, and listen to this? Yeah, basically. Yeah, one of them was a Thurston Moore tape where it was like, he made a mixtape for you to listen to with Lil Wayne on it and stuff, and that had it. And then the other one was, I think, more like electronic, like was more trippy music that made sense to come with mushrooms. Yeah. But yeah, two different times. And the Thurston Moore one I paid 15 for, but then online I saw you could get it for 5 sort of, so I was a little bit pissed off about that. But maybe yeah. it was out of print, so maybe it was fine that it was 15 I don't know. So those are my dreams. Those are good. Thanks. A little conflict, but it's not too bad. Um, I mean, it was rough a little bit in the museum. <laughs> it was a little bit hairy. No, yeah, that does sound bad. I like... Some of my dreams I get really very angry. Um, but I don't normally get that angry in real life, so I think I'm, like, I'm bottling up my anger, maybe. Do you, like, look for meaning in your dreams? No. You, no. You get mad when people litter, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm gonna do, uh, you know how your mom volunteers for stuff that doesn't help? I was gonna do something uh -huh. like that today, where I go pick up litter. It's like clean the river day or something. 
with stuff like that, to me, it's always like, so they want the litter cleaned up. Couldn't, so they could either kind of wait for volunteers or they could like pay someone a living wage to do this. You know what I'm saying? It's, I mean, yeah. they're not going to though. You know that, but it's just, I don't know. I kind of want to play chicken with them and see if eventually they will. Yeah. Because if you just do it, they definitely won't. I don't know. It's all, it's so fucked up. The whole world. It, you've, I've noticed that. I've noticed that. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I look at stuff and I'm like, man, if I could pick how it would be, not like this. Yeah, yeah I don't know why I, I get so triggered by litter. And I litter too. I'm like, I'm part of the problem. Yeah, I was hanging out with uh, Dennis last night, and we were blasting cigs on the corner, and like we were doing. You ever see slouching slobs? No. You don't know about that, where like the guys in tracksuits over there, they'll kind of like, like almost be sitting on the ground, like kind of kneeling a little bit. I thought it's not a show. It's like a. No, it's just like a thing guys. that people do over there, like with tracksuits, like slouching slobs, and they'll be oh, blasting okay. cigs and just be kind of yeah, like yeah, really yeah. low to the ground. So we were doing that, and uh, he was drinking a White Claw, and we were just kind of like talking and stuff. And then we like walked away, and he just left it on the ground there. Oh, the White Claw? <laughs> yeah. Do those have a <laughs> bottle return? You know, I feel like they wouldn't for some reason. I feel like that's how they get you. Mm. So, it was kind of cool to litter. It was raining, so I feel like it doesn't count. Um... Are they picking up the garbage? Are they collecting the garbage in your neighborhood? I feel like they haven't been, no. Yeah, my neighborhood's getting neglected. But it's also like, oh, why are we we just expect people to come and take our garbage for free? Well don't we pay taxes? Um we do. Like in my in Yorktown, they you pay for the garbage. Like it's it's a tax, but it says like this is for the garbage. And you could not pay it and they don't come to your house or something. Whereas in the city, it's just like, if it's on the sidewalk, like, we're going to get it eventually. But it'll probably wash, drain into the sewer. I don't know. Um, I hear that's a good job, though. If you get in, if you become a sanitation worker, you're kind no, of... No, I heard the glory days are over. I don't <laughs> think, I think it's, I think it's done. It's That's tough. what I heard. Yeah. They don't have. They don't start you at sixty, and then you finish at like. No, because it's all contract stuff now. It's. Yeah. yeah. Action. You ever see those trucks? The action trucks. Have you ever seen the strictly cars? Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Like you know Arecibo. Hmm. You know car service cars. There's different companies yes, where yeah, you call. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's best one, Strictly. Huh. It's like a cursive font, and they're on like, I don't know, Chrysler LeBarons or something. Like, they're not that new of cars. And you they're call like them, these, and they come pick you up? I don't, I've never done that, but like you'll be driving around. There's just all these cars that say, like, strictly, like, in script on the top of the back windshield or something like that. They're just cool. Strictly. 
like I don't know, they're, they strict, they strict, they strictly drive you around. That's all they do. I don't know. I just think it's neat. Like Arecibo, I'm like, okay, so you're from some place called that, like Big Whoop. But strictly, it just seems a little more creative than they usually do. Yeah. Have you been on uh, Revel since they came back? Yeah, I took one uh, the other day when the truck was in the shop. I had to take one. It's just not the same with the helmet. It's not the same? Yeah, because they, they make you wear the helmet now, kind of. Yeah. Or they really there's pressure no air, you into doing it. There's no way around that. Well, you have to send them a selfie of yourself wearing it. So I guess you could then at that point take it off. But like, it's kind of like you already got COVID from it. Yeah. What's the point of taking it off now? But I felt a lot cooler before when I didn't have to wear it. You still haven't taken them? Do they have them in your neighborhood? I see like the um, the ones that get like extracted from the system through like theft or whatever. They kind of end up up here like painted over and or like picked apart. I don't no, I understand. They don't have them in your neighborhood. I mean, they have them in Manhattan. Yeah, they're up here. All right. I don't see too many just like parked, like waiting. Like if they're if they're just like sitting around, oh. they're like graffiti or like broken. Always oh, low cut, very decollete. Um. Well, I don't want to spin too long. I got to help my wife with some stuff, and you got to sound like no volunteers. Likes. So uh, maybe I'll. Throw in a couple songs or something, and uh, they play the intro and see the how we do on the charts. You know, we can talk analytics up. later when they come out. There I be. Okay. All right, man. Don't don't spend it all in one place. Okay. Good to talk to you. I've got another call. Bye. Bye. Well, go ahead, sing. Moaning low, my sweet man, I love him so. Though he's mean as can be. He's the kind of man, he's the kind of woman like me. Gonna die. If sweet man should pass me by, if I die, where'll he be? He's the kind of man, needs the kind of woman like me. Don't know any reason why he treats me so poorly. What have I gone and done? Makes my trouble double with his worries when surely I ain't deserving of none. Moaning low, my sweet man is gonna go when he goes all lordy. He's the kind of man needs the kind of woman like me. Give me that drink now, Johnny. No. Johnny. No. But you promised. So what? You said that. But you were right. 